0: all right and, it, and by the way for those listening you must know chad actually kind of threw me off because it's the first time in a long time that he hasn't had a custom intro waiting for me as we began the show so i try uh, to do it in a theme i know you always keep you always keep me guessing which is great but anyway i'm just throwing that out there that it kind of threw me off so Sorry. but here we are with, no, you're not, but that's no, okay. I'm not. <laughs> but we are back again with another speaking for him book club selection. And I do apologize for the delay. Um, part of it was because of busyness with work, and part of it was because of the um, producer change and other changes that we've gone through on this show, and just making sure that those were situated before I asked uh, Naomi to come back and review another book, so here we are, and hopefully it won't be quite as long of a gap um, between this one and the next one, uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, Um, so um, today's selection is When Calls the Heart um, by Jeanette Oak, and this was suggested by Naomi, and I actually read it several years ago, and I actually have an autographed copy of it somewhere because I got the chance um, to meet Jeanette Oak, because they did... When Calls the Heart, the musical at Cornerstone University, and she came for a book signing in conjunction with it. So I've I've been a Jeanette Oak reader for a long time, and I've really enjoyed it, and I love to reread her book, so it was not a, uh, a strife or a sacrifice by any means to dig back into this one. So um, thanks for uh, suggesting it, Naomi. And now Chad is going to read for us our quote of the day. If anyone deserves the truth, Nana, a child does. They can accept things, even hurtful things, if they are dealt with honestly in love. Jeanette Oak. When calls the heart. And that is actually a line by um, one of the main characters of this novel, Wynn Delaney, uh, who is a very interesting character, as you will come to discover as we continue uh, this discussion. So, Naomi, can you tell us what was it that prompted you to suggest this book? Um, Because the interesting thing about it is that it's in a series. We typically don't read books in series, um, but it may be that if we find that this um, conversation goes well and that we both enjoyed the book as much as I think we did, we may continue on in the series, which makes it easier to plan for next year. So that's good in and of itself. But why did you decide that? You thought that One Calls of the Heart would be a good one for a novel this year. So I thought like, and
1: I'm like, "Oh, I haven't read her books in a long time." So Okay, this is a really interesting I'll inter- make Andrew read one with me.
0: Okay, this th- <laughs> this is this is an interesting story because as I understand it, and I haven't fully confirmed this, but as I understand it, and as I was watching the series cuz I have I've watched the 3 seasons that Netflix has put up so far. Excited cuz supposedly the 4th season will be dropping pretty soon. Mm-hmm. On Netflix. But anyway, my understanding is that actually the Elizabeth Thatcher that's on the TV show is a generation removed from the one in the original book, When Calls the Heart. And so what they did was they actually wrote three more novels to correspond with the TV series. They were written by Jeanette Oak and her daughter, Laurel Oak Logan. And so if we continue on in this series... We will, uh, as I understand it, get to the story of the next generation, Elizabeth Thatcher and, uh, her, her, uh, love interest who is now, his name is now Escaping Me. But, uh, but they actually just added those characters to the book series by writing new books based on the TV show, which I think is kind of refreshing rather than just allowing, uh, the TV series to destroy, in my mind, the book and totally change it and call it the same thing because I have very strong feelings about the Love Comes Softly movie series versus the books and we may read those in the future too because even though I've read them several times, they're good. But I, I could go on and on about that and that's not what we're here to discuss. Can you give us some of your initial thoughts of the book, Naomi?
1: Basically what I was saying is that like you, I had read it before. Um, and so I knew it would be good, but I just wanted to, to read it again. So.
0: I, I really did like it, and I thought it was really interesting, um, the way that her family was, because she, her brother, who she initially goes to, to be near, he was actually her stepbrother, born, um, to her mom by a different husband, um, who died before she was born and her mother after her mother had remarried. And so it was interesting that she didn't really know him that well, but then she goes on this journey and uh, finds that he is every bit as warm and loving as his mother portrays him to be, which I thought was refreshing because even though I had read it before, I didn't remember most of it. And so I'm thinking, well, is he really a good guy? And it turns out that he was. And she was... Uh, adamantly insistent that she wasn't going to marry someone who was uh, in this north country and definitely not a Mountie. And so she made sure that he didn't uh, he didn't take liberties and introduce her to any of his single friends, only his married ones and their families. And so I thought that was interesting. And then, I just feel like there's a lot of humor in this book. I think... Um, One of the interesting things about the book is the mice in the teacherage and how there was a struggle with that. And then, of course, after she got rid of most of the mice, then there was this little mouse named Napoleon that she actually came to love. And people thought they were rescuing her by killing them, and she was very devastated. I don't think she ever thought she'd be devastated by uh, the, the absence of a mouse, but she was because she actually got to like him. So, go figure that one out, but was there anything else humorous that you thought in this book?
1: No, I agree with you the mice yeah. that was that was pretty funny. It did annoy me because growing up in the country, I was like, "Get a cat, and you don't have the cat for one night, but
0: yeah, she yeah, didn't like have the, to just
1: read it. <laughs> yeah she
0: didn't like the big cat they yeah. they first endured her with this is an interesting question for a novel, but i but I do think that it that it bears um, uh, discussion here, and that is what is the biggest lesson uh, uh, that you find in this book. And I I really like it because I think that it um, tells a lesson of not being too hasty with making decisions. Like when she first heard that there was this need for teachers in the frontier, she was like, um, "I will never, you know, be able." to do this I won't go I can't do it but then she realized that there was such a blessing and even when she was kind of taken advantage of in the beginning because this guy this superintendent of schools that was supposed to assign her a school was just trying to get her to be in a relationship with him even though they hardly knew each other and was just a boorish guy and he sent her to the worst possible school in his mind and it turned out good. So I think the biggest lesson is just to trust God and and be you'll be amazed at what God does. And it's amazing and refreshing to see that in a novel. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add?
1: Yeah, I felt like she also had to learn um, to trust God outside of her comfort zone. And um, I feel like we all have to do that yeah. at some point.
0: <laughs> all right, do you have a favorite story in this book?
1: Uh, the story about Andy.
0: Oh, can you tell us a little bit about Andy?
1: Uh, he was um kicked by a horse when he was little, and um so he was uh, i guess you could say brain damaged from it, but he was very sweet and everybody loved him and um they infected a box social, which I had never heard of until I reread this book I mean I guess I did before They all raised money even though they were very poor and sent him off to a doctor for surgery and I
0: don't know. Should I tell the rest? Uh, no, I think we can let everybody hear um, the rest when they read it. Yeah. Uh, kind of like LeVar Burton on uh, Reading Rainbow. You don't want to give everything away. Yeah. Which did you did you know that he uh, just recently went through a lawsuit from the producers of Reading Rainbow to whether he could say the phrase "You don't have to take my word for it" on his new podcast, which isn't Reading Rainbow. But I will say it freely and if they and I I don't think they will sue me because this is a free podcast, but as he says, you don't have to take my word for it. It's a good book. Um my favorite story in this book I think is I I like the just the interactions between Elizabeth and Wendelaney because he never takes advantage of her. He's always gentlemanly and even when there's a, a misunderstanding, he doesn't leap to his own defense. He just rolls with it and allows her to come to the place of coming to him and correcting the problem, which I probably would have been a little bit more direct than that, but I do, I do respect his strength in reserve and how he handled that. So I would say that that is a big thing. And then also how she got to participate in a church there because they did a church in the school and they said as long as it was okay with her, they would continue to do that. And I also thought it was interesting that they began each school day uh, with prayer and Bible reading, which this was, I think, the turn of the 1900s, so late 1800s, early 1900s. But it was just interesting to hear that being just part of part of the culture. Uh, What character do you most relate to in this book? And... If possible, is there a character other than um Elizabeth Thatcher that you relate to?
1: Anna Peterson. I'm always trying to feed people. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah. She <laughs> it's was like my
1: love language. You she was definitely cake. <laughs> uh, really
0: uh, But she didn't bring us any snacks. No. See, this is what we uh you know, we've been talking about actually that um, you know, cause she has a quote up on the Speaking for Him book club page which we also hope to have more active than yes, it is I apologize. um and uh she kind of moderates that but one of the quotes i think it's still in the cover photo that talks about something about a good book and a hot cup of tea so if we get tea and crumpets next time we're having a book discussion that would be awesome uh i agree <laughs> but uh but we won't put too much pressure on you but that would be much appreciated and it might draw more people into the studio to discuss these things with us because food has a way of bringing in people. And while we're on the subject, I I think that the box social idea is a great idea. So if anybody wants to bring that back, I would I would love to bid on some lunches. Uh, I know I thought
1: that was cute. And if you and
0: if you want to know what that's about, Chad, you can read the book. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: his face says
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um. You
1: never know. He just I, wants the
0: box. The food would, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Food would be nice. Yeah. I food, really yeah. I really resonated with Wynn Delaney. Um and it's because a lot of times I feel like I almost get punished for having the right approach. Um, I have had my struggles in the in the relationship department and still praying for the right person to come along, but I I still know that regardless of that, I need to keep my um, standards high and not lower them just because things aren't going the way um, that I would want them to. It's kind of interesting that he said he he wouldn't ask her um, to have a life with him because he loved her. That was essentially what he said. And I actually had a girl tell me once, That she'd been through so much stuff that it would be unfair for her to put me through that. And I was like, well, shouldn't part of that decision be mine? Um, Because, you know, I know that we all have our junk. We all have our our baggage that we carry with us. We all have things that we're dealing with. No one's perfect. When people do get together, it's two sinners who um, just learn to forgive each other over and over again. So I really resonated with that and I hope that when the time comes that I will be prepared and that I will continue to be the kind of man that will respect um, all women, especially in light of this Me Too, um, all these declarations on Facebook that women have been abused and assaulted by men, sadly, and um, I'm just hoping that people will join me in being men instead of boys Mm -hmm. there's such there's such a a pressure today or a negative peer pressure for boys to not grow up the age of adolescence seems to go up every year because we want to make excuses for immaturity and uh, I don't think I don't think that we uh, should continue to do that I think we need to be men and we need to be training our boys from a very young age to be men So, uh, that's not really related. Well, I guess it is related to the book discussion and I know I took it a little deeper than I usually do, but it's something that's been on my mind for the last couple of weeks. All right. Well, we're close to wrapping up this discussion. We just have a couple more things. Um, was there something that surprised you about this book?
1: Not really. Okay. (laughs) Which is kind of the nice part about it. It's, It's just a cozy it's a cozy
0: read. It is a cozy read. I think one of the things that always surprises me about Jeanette Oak is how clear she is with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one scene where one of her brother's kids is being disciplined, and she's over visiting her brother, and um, he brings his son into the library, and and his son says, well, the sin that I did wasn't that bad. And we never hear what the sin was. But he said, he said, you know why it was bad? It was bad because... Jesus had to die to pay for it. And so by doing that sin, you've not only offended your sister, you've also offended Jesus. And he said, "I didn't mean to hurt Jesus." And he and his dad said, "Yes, I know you didn't, but you need to repent to him and to your sister." And then afterwards there was a sweet scene of reconciliation between brother and sister and it was just really neat. It was forceful, but it was also subtle. Like you said it's just a cozy read. Mm-hmm but it doesn't pull punches with the gospel, which I love. And why should you read this book? You should read this book because everybody deserves an escape once in a while. It's not a deep theological book. It doesn't discuss, you know, heavy hitting truth, like the next book that will cover will, or to the, to the extent that it does. And, uh, I just think that you could, should read this book. And actually, I discovered Jeanette Oak because I listened to an audio of Love's Enduring Promise, and it was very reminiscent of Little House on the Prairie. Um, And I loved that series growing up, so that's how I got turned on to her writing. So I think you'll enjoy it. It is from Canada, so it's a little bit different perspective. Sometimes I think she's talking about the U.S., and then there's subtle reminders that she's in Canada, and so that's just kind of nice, too. So I just think that you should read this book... Um, Because it's a great um, read, and as the, the weather gets colder, um, it's a good excuse to curl up with a good book. Uh, Naomi, did you have anything to add?
1: Nope, I agree. I think with all the drama um, in the world, it's nice to just sit back, close the door, and relax. And enjoy a good book.
0: Alright, well our next book that we'll be covering in the next month or two, Lord willing, because hopefully it'll be faster is uh, Living Among Lions, and that's by the Benham Brothers, who, if you don't know their story, they were supposed to get a HGTV show about um, flipping houses, and it came out that they had donated and been passionate about pro-life causes and pro-marriage causes, and so they were um, stripped of their opportunity um, to be on HGTV, and so this... um, follows their memoir, but kind of goes into detail on how we can live boldly for Christ in this present age. So I'm really excited to dip into this book, and it might just be a little bit more Chad Speed than the one we just did. So, all right, um, with that, I think we'll wrap up the show. Thank you, Naomi, for being here, and, of course, for contributing earlier to our Thanksgiving show. We're very thankful for that. Um, And so with that, I will just say, keep serving the best of masters, And have an awesome weekend. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gommerson, founder of Speaking For Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.